welcome back to Beyond the Cut episode 24. We've been away for a while. Yeah, and we've seen some shit. And we're back. And that's a good way to put it, I guess. Uh, we'll be getting to that, I guess, a little bit later in the show. What I first want to start off with is we have been gone for quite a while, about two months. A lot's happened. There's been a lot of, I guess, craziness and things that have kept us from doing this. Um, technology problems. Weddings. Weddings. Concerts. Concerts. Vacations. All of the above. Work. Work. <laughs> Work. Literally I mean, just life. Life. Life has become... But we should be good now to be getting back on the hopefully weekly train of putting out podcasts and putting out content. Because um, we'll be able to find... We get the... We have the uh, the Google Hangouts going to be coming along. Yeah. Also, we have another project that we're going to work on soon. So, it'll kind of be a standalone thing. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So, something else between episodes. and It might be a bi-weekly thing. We do that and then we do this. Or it could just be a standalone thing that we do every other week or every week or whatever, however often... It can come out. Pretty much. something like this. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I saw a tweet on the 4th of July. On the... I was in the car on the way to the Outer Banks. And it was... What's... It was a tweet that's saying, What is the greatest American rock band ever? So, I tweeted out what I thought. Quote tweeted it. Nate tweeted me back about another band in the pictures. Which just happened to be a box that's yeah. sitting right here on my desk. Um, so we decided to get into this on the podcast because I'm interested to see his list. And I'm sure he's interested to see my list. And we're probably not going to agree on a lot of this, actually. Probably not. I can guarantee our top five might include only two of the same people. Maybe three. Okay, maybe we'll see. three. So, I have ten. Do you have ten, or do you just make five? I have five. Okay, so we'll just ignore the other ten that I, the other five that I have, and we'll jump into our top fives. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert: all five of mine are the Talking Heads. So, just <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Anyways. How would you give me? Let's all right. Let's let's start in. Let, we'll let you go first because okay. I guarantee you we're going to differ on. Yeah, we're going to differ on most of these. So number five is a band from Boston, Massachusetts, and that would be Aerosmith. Okay, Aerosmith. Yeah. No, not mine. <laughs> they're not mine. They're so big. It's not that I'm a giant fan of their music. I like quite a bit of their stuff, but as far as what they've done in Americana and for American culture, I think they do deserve to be in the top five they're, of American rock bands. They're definitely one of the, I mean, obviously they're one of the greater American rock bands, but I mean, they obviously part of this list is personal taste that does go into which rock band is 
better than the other than the others. And you know, it was just one of those things. And I, am I a big fan of Irishman? Not really. So do they really move the needle for me to put them into the top five? Not really, even though they have had significant influences on things and it's just I don't know, it's not it's not I don't know. I couldn't put them in there for my top five. But they're definitely probably top I always said they're probably around the top ten or definitely top fifteen for sure. Yes. But I think you definitely could throw them in the top ten. But for me, they just, they just don't cut my top five. With that being said, I'm going to bring up a band that we literally just talked about before we came on to the show. And my fifth is the Beach Boys. Okay. Because we just literally just talked about this. They're probably one of the, especially in the 60s, one of the most culture-shifting and experimental bands in American music history, essentially. Like I said when we were talking before this, if you have a band that can influence the Beatles, they deserve to be a top five, at least an American band. Mm-hmm. Like that, that puts that puts them just there. Along with, I mean, obviously along with the countless hits that they have and, you know, that is the beachy music and the surfing music, but they are, there's a lot of experimental stuff. There's, I mean, they influenced, like I said, they influenced the Beatles. Beatles essentially copied. So, does that mean Buddy Holly is your number one? Because he's pretty much the direct influence of the Beatles. No. (laughs) Just asking. No. Just asking. All right. So, my number four. This is essentially how we're going to get Bill Walton to listen to the show. But it's uh, the Grateful Dead at number four, coming in hot. You would put them at number four. <laughs> Granted, I guess there's really not much I can say. They probably should. They probably are one of the quintessential American bands that it's almost you, you either love them or you hate them. Yeah, it, it, there's no in between with the dead. And if you love them, they're top five. If you hate them, they're not even in your top ten. No, which is essentially mine. They're not even one of my top ten because I don't like the Grateful Dead. It's one of the. It's literally one of those things where either you love them or you hate them, and, that, and there's no in between. There's no like, okay, well, they're okay. I'm just not definitely not the biggest fan of the Grateful Dead, but I can understand why they would be in a top five of Amer- greatest American rock bands, but definitely not in my top five. I will I say. Stand them. One of the best qualities of the Grateful Dead is what they did for country music as far as uh, the songs they covered, um, the type of instruments they put into their music. So if you listen to American Beauty or Working Man's Dead, it's layered with steel. Um, Some of their stuff has fiddle in it. Of course, it's different from the country music being released at the time. However, it was obviously influenced by traditional country music so that and the birds the birds as well yes the birds also influenced a band that's also in my top five the birds were in my top 10 so i actually did make a top 10 list but nate didn't he just made a top five list because he wasn't prepared i was not prepared the birds i'd have like like seventh i think in my top 10 list because of their influences of other bands that were more successful than they are. 
Sweetheart Up the Rodeo is by far one of the greatest country albums ever to be released. So, yeah, the birds are absolutely amazing and should be on any list for the greatest American rock band. Definitely a top ten. Definitely the birds top ten, in my opinion. Like I said, I think I have like seventh or something like that. Um, my number four happens to be a band we just recently saw in concert. Well, the tribute band of that band. Oh, okay. Leonard Skinner. And that seems, I guess, kind of cliche, especially after like Fourth of July and everything that goes, everything that kind of goes around with Leonard Skinner. But they had definitely some of the best written songs, like ever. Ronnie Van Zant knew how to write songs that were earworms. Not, not in a bad way. Not like meant to be by B. Brexa or anything those guys write. It was more of like, it's simple, but it's good, and you can relate to it. That was his way of writing songs. Right, which honestly makes them one of the better ones, because if you can relate to a song, and a lot of people can relate to a song, it's going to be a lot more influential on people in their lives and how they listen to music and that's one thing with Leonard Skinner is they do, and I think he is one of the most underrated songwriters in the history of music. He is. Just because of the things that he did. And I mean, how, how can you really go wrong with really good lyrics and triple guitar solos? You can't. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's brilliant it's, music. It is. And it's brilliant music. And, you know, I think I, I was curious, so I decided to delve into some of these lists that people else had online on the 4th of July, talking about who is the greatest American rock band of all time. And, you know, there's a lot of people that had them nowhere, like, outside of the top 10. Some have been in the 20s and things like that. And then you look and it's like, it seemed like they were holding the fact that they, as the as the band like as the original band before the tribute band weren't around very long because of obviously the plane accident. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to hold that against Skinner at the same time, shouldn't you be holding that against Otis Redding? There's a flawed logic right there. Yeah. As far as, Oh, this band had a plane crash. So they only released three or four albums. I mean, it's also, I feel it's the same way with Jimi Hendrix as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you would look at Jimi Hendrix on these lists and there he's ranked down. He he is in my top ten. Well, here's the thing with Jimi Hendrix. I think people view him as a solo artist. The experience was actually from UK, so the drummer he's I from mean, yeah, America. he was from there, but it definitely wasn't a UK sound. No, it was it not. It was definitely he was definitely the lead on it. They just happened to be from mm-hmm. UK. Yep. Correct. So it's a definitely an American band. Correct. It's not anything else, but it's yes. definitely an American band. So that's my number four, and I feel like they – I don't really feel like there's an argument to why they wouldn't be. I mean, I can understand you taking them outside of the top five, but they're definitely top ten for sure. Yes. Skinner. We'll move on to the threes. What you got? So number three, uh, this is going to be one of the bands I already mentioned, the Beach Boys. Okay, most, so you actually had the Beach Boys yeah, ranked. I did. I did. Um, 
And for much the same reason, just because they were so influential and are still influential to this day, uh, releasing what's considered to be the second best album of all time next to Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Personally, I think Revolver is better than both of those, but we're not going to go there. That's a personal so. preference. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, many people disagree with that statement. So. No. Uh, there's a lot of people that disagree with that statement. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that, why you're wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, well, so you had them ranked higher than me. My number three is one of the greatest selling American rock bands of all time. A band that's probably written arguably one of the greatest American greatest rock songs ever. And has the highest selling album out of any American rock band or any rock band in general. The Eagles. You know what's gonna be funny? What? Um just wait and see. Do you have them higher than I do? Perhaps. Okay. You'll know why they're three when you hear the next two. Okay. You'll know why they're three. But, like I said, Hotel California, probably, arguably one of the greatest rock songs ever written. Yes. Arguably. I can't say the best because I honestly, I probably couldn't tell you the best rock song ever written. You I don't can't. really have an opinion. It's hard. That's a hard one to... It's 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 literally impossible because... You have to take into consideration what the Beatles did, what the, what Led Zeppelin did, what the Stones did, yeah. what Pink Floyd did. And it's like, if you take all their best songs and try to say, hey, which one is the best rock song, rock song out of all of these, it's almost impossible because they vary in sound so much. Mm -hmm. And they both try and get different points across and, and, it, and it's really, but it's, at least that song in itself is a masterpiece. Yes. Just like a lot of these American, I mean, essentially all these American bands that we're mentioning have essentially a masterpiece for that they've written or that they've composed. You know, it's just, you'll know why there's only three because I think the other two people that I'm going to mention after this are better, but definitely one of the greatest American rock bands ever and especially the influence they've had with getting people from that were just listening to rock into country music and vice versa yeah um i mean that they've probably they did that really really well same like the same thing when you mentioned the grateful dead but they did that to the eagles did it to a more mainstream audience yeah uh because the grateful dead they were a touring band yeah i mean i didn't even know much of their songs before I started, you know, going through the 500 greatest albums list. And then I was like, oh, okay, I know this song a little bit. Whereas mm -hmm. the Eagles is like, oh, that's the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they're hit after hit after hit. Yeah. It's why their greatest hits is the greatest selling album of all time. I mean, it's ridiculous of how much they've actually, like, of how much they've sold. It's over like yeah. 120, over almost 130 million records sold. Yeah, so insane. they're my number two for most of those reasons. I think that the reason they have to be, you know, at the very minimum number three in any list is because they sold so much, which I don't really want to get into selling because I don't think that equals good music. Not nowadays, yeah. 
But back in the 70s, it kind of did. Um, And Hotel California is a masterpiece of a song and an album. It's just, you know, this band influenced a lot of country that was being made after. They got a lot of people listening to the blues, to country music. Stuff they would have never found had they not listened to the Eagles. Yeah. So they're one of those bands, kind of like Aerosmith, that is just an Americana band. They had such a big influence on the culture of America that they have to be in the top five at the very minimum. No. If not number one. Yeah, you I mean, I think with the my at least my top three, I think you can make a argument for each one of those three these three bands. They could be the best American American rock art out rock bands of all time. Yes. Easily. And just like you said, the Eagles really now the top three are really just splitting hairs. Pretty much. So with that being said, I want to get into my number two. And my number two is the doors. Okay. Yeah. With I mean Jim Morrison, excellent, excellent songwriter. Their sound is quite unique. Um, they're experimental, they're different, they're and they're a lot of what's really good. They are like the I mean one of the epitome of just blending all different kinds of sounds into music and making it they're palatable. All, yeah. Like it's they're very unique and he Sturgill reminds me a lot of Jim Morrison in the sense of the way that he uses way Sturgill uses his voice kind of reminds me of Jim Jim Morrison using his voice and bringing in different feelings and emotions into music by the way that he is like using his voice. Yeah. And also um, he doesn't give a shit like no. Jim Morrison. He, I mean, he is, he is the, <laughs> a, the epitome of the word rock star. Jim Morrison was. Yes. Like that's where, that's that, that's where that comes from is from Jim Morrison. Yes. He's Absolutely. the epitome of a rock star and deservedly so because the doors are one of the greatest one of the greatest American bands of all time, but also one of the greatest bands of all time. What I love the most about uh, The Doors is that when you listen to them, they take you to a certain time period in a specific part of the United States. So when you listen to The Doors, you automatically think, oh, 1960s California. I see old school Chevy skateboarding, surfing. When I listen to The Doors, that's what I see. It's like, painting a picture of what life would have been in the 1960s in California, which is kind of unique for any band to do a thing like that. Yeah. They really, they really do take head. you places essentially when you're listening to their music. And it's just like this, the, the way they incorporate the music and the way he uses his voice to illustrate that as well, as well as the lyrics make them one of the greatest bands of all time, not just American bands of all time. Yes. But with that being said, what is your greatest American band of all time? Um, so, they may or may not come from Georgia, okay? Mm-hmm. They may or may not have one of the greatest guitarists and singers in rock music history. Mm-hmm. 
This is the Almond Brothers band. Okay. I don't agree with this, though. Okay. Here's my reasoning. Dickie Betts and Dwayne Almond are two of the greatest guitarists that ever play rock music. What I think is interesting and what I my reasoning behind this is how they incorporated a ton of different influences from American music mm-hmm. and made it their own sound. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to the Almond Brothers, you hear jazz, you hear American rock, like rockabilly stuff, you yep. hear blues, and there's not many bands that are able to incorporate that with the talented musicians that they were and even are. Dickie Betts is still out there. Don't get me wrong. I agree with everything you just said. Everything you just said is spot on about the Allman Brothers. The reason they're not in my top five is their songwriting is spotty at best. Their songwriting is not is very inconsistent. Okay. It's well, incredibly inconsistent. With each of the other bands that we mentioned in this top five, they're the worst of all the songwriters. I I see. I don't necessarily want to agree with that, but it's true. But yes, so <laughs> Blue Sky is a fantastically written song. Midnight Rider. Um, I can get um, drawing a blank here, but Whipping Post. Those sorts of songs. There's great very, songwriting. There's very there. good songwriting, but there's also, it's just not very consistent. Mm-hmm. You don't get albums full of great songwriting. You don't get, like, they probably have one of the best voices in rock and roll history. One of the greatest guitarists in rock and roll history. Two. Two of the greatest guitarists. I mean, musically, they're probably one of the best bands ever. Musically. Yes. It's just... When we're talking greatest of all time, you have to give me a full package of everything. And personally, that's for me. Lyrics is just a little bit more important than some things. But what was really funny about this whole thing is the whole tweet that started this, Nate tweeted tweeted back a picture of the Allman Brothers to me. And I was like, and I tweeted back, I tweeted back and I said, they might not even be in the top 10, which kind of is what sparked everything. <laughs> yeah. That's what they call in the business a tease because they are definitely in the top 10. I have them at six. Okay. They're just outside yeah. my top five for essentially everything that you said and what I said that there's just a little bit of inconsistency there with the songwriting. But yeah. other than that, Definitely an amazing band. Well, they're more of a live band anyways. Uh, so, live at the Fillmore, it's not... It's their best album, let's be honest. It's... When you listen to it, you're listening to the 20-minute songs where Dickie Betts and Dwayne Allman are just going at it on the guitar. And, and, and Greg Allman is going nuts. It is an incredible listen. And that's and that's the thing with the Allman Brothers is they're... The emphasis when you're listening to them isn't on the it isn't on the lyrics in the first place. It's on the music. Yes, and I mean it's 
and which is why their which is why their songwriting is spotty and it's inconsistent. You have some great songs and you have some poorly written songs. I mean, hey, that's not really. I mean, we're talking. I'm. I think they're the top six in the top six. I mean, that's not really blasphemous, as you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not blasphemous. It's not blasphemous. It's, no, that is not blasphemy. It's it's a, it's a nitpicking thing. Which, when you are talking about the greatest bands of all time, it's nitpicking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're nitpicking, and it's the same thing with the Grateful Dead. You know, it's the the live bands. Their point is so you listen to the music, not necessarily the lyrics. Correct. For the most part, like that's what they're that's what they're calling card is which is why i would say like skinner you get a lot of good lyrics but you also get that raging rock yes the guitar solos and everything like that that would be why i would say give me skinner over the almond brothers but i mean that's just nitpicking because that's just my preference yeah that's an entirely different conversation right who's the greatest southern rock band now that would be a really interesting maybe we do that next week who's the greatest southern rock band yes we'll start doing lists we should start doing lists because that might be interesting get people to tweet out their list to us we could absolutely um because i think someone tweeted out to us their top list and it was i think it was like tom petty and then the allman brothers one and two which are my one perfect segue my one is tom petty and the heartbreakers for the fact that they've been, you can you can go to anyone essentially and like, do you know a Tom Petty song? And they just say yes, yes. You can, I mean, you can go to anyone and ask them if they would know a Beatles song, and I would say a lot of people would say no, maybe off the top of their head, especially our generation. I don't. I feel like everybody has heard of Yellow Submarine. Oh God! So I, mean, <laughs> I like to prob- forget that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too, and it's on my favorite album as well. And I think most people would just say, "Oh yeah, uh, Yellow Submarine." Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> okay. But it's almost like you can go to Tom Petty, and every people would know like five Tom Petty songs off the top of their head. Yes, it's they're just in the, in the longevity of their career, really only ending by the fact that. Tom Petty passed away. And that's the only reason they're not still going. So <laughs> I mean, it's a mud- big reason, but... Where's Mudcrutch on your list? Point <laughs> 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 0.5. 0.5, okay. I, okay. And the, and the Traveling Wilburys are like point 0.1. <laughs> Actually, the Traveling Wilburys are the greatest American rock band of all time. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's a super. That's a super group. Well, though. George Harrison is in it, so maybe I don't know. It, does it? Does it? Can it still be considered the greatest American rock band if there's a British dude in it? Would you consider Fleetwood Mac an American rock band? Mm, I don't know. I guess I saw so. this. On, I saw that one on a list on multiple lists too. Yeah. That, so they put Fleetwood Mac, and I'm like, mm, not sure if I would agree with that one because three quarters of it is, or not three quarters, or a little bit over half. Three fifths is British. Yes, just because Stevie mm. Nicks is American, so everybody's like, "Oh, yeah." And Stevie, Stevie Nicks, Nicks arguably is probably the most <laughs> known person from Fleetwood Mac, even over Mick Fleetwood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't consider them, but yeah, I mean, 
Tom Petty what spanned what forty years of rock essentially, almost it was close. Pretty much, yeah. That's a long time, and I've said this before on the podcast, but his newer stuff does not get the not get the acclaim it deserves. Not at all. You talk about a guy that I mean, yeah, their first albums weren't necessarily experimental, but you get delve into the newer stuff. A lot of it's not the same as his own his older stuff. And it's experimental a lot with blues, you know, and stuff like that. And he really delves into some stuff and it's just really good. And yep. it's really I mean, it's really it's really underrated, but it's hard to be it's hard to come out stuff that compares to Full Moon Fever, even though that's just a Tom Petty album. But and it's it really is something that that he really is the musical genius to be able to last that long in essentially a genre that died 20 years ago. Yeah, he's also the most consistent person that we've mentioned out of all of these people. He did not release a bad album. He really didn't. I mean, there's probably albums that people would like better than others, but I mean, one of his least talked about albums out of his older stuff, Southern Accents, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yes. And then... Also, fun fact, that's also one of, I think, that's also Jason Isbell's favorite Tom Petty album. Okay. I think. I think I remember seeing him say something about that on Twitter. But I can't remember. I think someone asked him what his favorite was, and that's what he said. But, I mean, there's it's really just filled with phenomenal music, great songwriting. The music really is catching. Catchy. Um, yeah. The, the only thing is it's sort of like the Eagles where some of the songs get just overplayed way too much. Like Free Falling. Like, yeah, like Free Falling. And Skinner too, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Then, <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing with a lot of these, a lot of these bands that we mentioned, like a lot of these things are just, a lot of these songs are just really overplayed that they, a lot of these, I mean, even with Aerosmith, like there's, they have oh songs. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh my God, Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of that, but those are our top five. If you have any top fives, tweet them at us for that. Or if you have any uh, suggestions for top fives, I think next week we'll probably do Southern Rock Bands. Yeah, that'd be fun. Absolutely. We might not spend 30 minutes on it, but we'll do. We'll delve into some top fives and some top lists for things. and We'll see if y'all like it. If not, just tell us or don't tell us or whatever. I don't care. Um, give us give us things to do top fives about. Yeah, and then one Good week we might do uh, the best pirate bands, pirate metal bands. <laughs> top five list for that. <laughs> I don't even know one. Uh, I've heard pirate metal before. It's quite it's quite the experience. Pirate metal. All right. Can we can we play some pirate metal? metal in this slot let's <laughs> let's find some pirate metal <laughs> okay we're gonna play some pirate metal in this spot i'll just have to pull some you you <laughs> send me what I, you send me what i need to do and i'll just cut it in right here okay yes cut absolutely it in right here
So, we've seen some shit. We've been to several concerts recently. Quite. We've been to a lot of concerts. I'm trying to figure out where this... Okay, we're good. Making sure I get the timestamp of where we actually need to cut in the pirate metal. Okay, yeah. Even though after this, I mean, you would hear the pirate metal, and then you would hear us talking about we need to timestamp for... Yeah, that was that was a pretty interesting song, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't know what we heard. Yeah. You will, and I will when I start <laughs> editing this, but I'm interested to see what it says. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Anyways. We so, have seen some stuff. We've been to lots of concerts since then, since the last episode. More concerts than I've probably ever been to in my life, and I still have several more coming yeah, so after, what, probably a week, in two weeks after the last, week and a half after the last episode, after I got back from the wedding and the honeymoon and all that stuff, that week we went, me and my, my wife went to Turnpike up in Asheville at, where did I get, where was it, the uh, salvage station, station salvage station or something like that, it was a good show, rainy. It was a cool little venue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Turnpike. They always put on a good show. Really. I mean, they really are one of the better live acts to go and see. Good time. Um, I'll see them in November. We're going they? to see them in November in Charlotte, the Fillmore. So if you're there, come yeah. hang out with us. Yeah, if you're going to be there, we'll, obviously we'll tweet about it. Come closer to the show in November. But uh, yeah, if you're going to be there, I know we have several people from the Charlotte area that follow us. So if you want to come hang out, yeah, get a beer or whatever before the show. Yep. More than welcome to. Let's go to VGBG. Absolutely. Um, now I will say before that show and the week before we had your wedding, I went to Merle fest. Well, we both went to Merle fest. We both went to Merle fest. Yeah. We haven't talked about Merle fest yet. We have not. I forgot about that. Yeah, so Merlefest was quite the experience. A lot more bluegrass than I ever really care to hear again. <laughs> and I love bluegrass. It it's is, just I can only take about 30 minutes of bluegrass and then I'm done. Yeah, um, it was <laughs> it was definitely interesting. There was a lot of bluegrass that happened, I mean, obviously, because it's a bluegrass festival. I mean, that was kind of expected. Yeah. Which... It was still great music. It was really good. It was a lot of there was a lot of really talented musicians. Um, there was some that were really talented, but really really boring. Um, that one lady and guy that were up there. So were, actually, that was um, Bela Flex. I'm probably just butchered his name, uh, but he was in Newgrass Revival with Sam Bush. I don't know who the lady was with him. It was his wife, but. The dude was in Newgrass Revival. Yeah. Still doesn't make the fact that what they were playing was incredibly boring. Yes. It did not make for a good performance. No, it was it was definitely definitely very, very I don't know what to say. There was no excitement in it whatsoever. I mean, they were just kinda of sitting down on stage playing different types of banjos, I guess. The most excitement about that and the most interesting part about all of that was when they were talking about the different types of banjos they were playing. Yeah, that was pretty They had cool. like 40 different banjos on stage. It like was they didn't insane. know there was that many banjos. But that night, we were treated to a very good show. 
with Jamie Johnson, who, well, I guess we'll get into that later, but we've seen him twice this year, accidentally, but we have seen him twice this year. Yeah, we'll, Uh, we'll have to get into that. And it was an awesome, awesome, awesome show he put on at Merle Fest. Absolutely one of the best country shows I've yeah. seen. So that was the, this was Nate's first time seeing Jamie Johnson live. I had seen him live before, and I was, <laughs> I, I was I told him before the show I was like, "You better be prepared for obscure country covers from some of your from some of your favorite artists and some of his favorite songwriters." And when I say obscure, I mean obscure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was literally questioning my country music knowledge when he was playing up there. I was like, I don't know this song. I feel like I should know this song. Yeah, he, <laughs> he'll go up there and he'll play a Merle song. And you think, oh, yeah, I'm a big Merle fan, so I'll enjoy this. I'll know the song. And you've never heard the song before. Absolutely. It's like something that he knows songs that have never been cut. And he sings them. It's like, oh, it's a Merle song. And no one's like, everybody's in the, in the stands is like, I've never heard this before. Yeah, yeah, probably because it never was cut. <laughs> perhaps he's probably been into the deep vault of every old school country music singer. That's he's probably he's heard like Lefty Rizzle songs that were never released. That's because he's considered one now. Yeah, pretty much. I, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's considered. I mean, what he hangs out with freaking Dave Cobb all the time. Yeah, and then well, before that night, I was treated to Chris Christopherson in the rain. Yeah, and. and Honestly, it was cool because he's just like, you know, a living part of history up there on stage. But as far as a performance goes, he just he can't handle he, it. He, he can't, can't hang anymore. with you know someone like Jamie Johnson. He's still, I mean, he's still one of the goats, essentially. Absolutely, and he's he was essentially a rock star himself in mm-hmm. the country realm, that um, and a movie star and. That's yeah, why I went a, to see him. He was, was he's like, every he was everything like, but I mean, he's older there. He's had health problems, you know. He's he's up there because he enjoys doing it. But he just, I mean, he's one of those guys. You can't, he just can't handle it. I mean, you can't. He's old. I mean, it happens. Yeah, but what was awesome is I guess in a way to make up for you know what he cannot do on the stage anymore. He brought Ben Haggard and the Strangers along with him. So the Strangers were. His backup band that night, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, and Ben Haggard. It was basically like getting a Merle Haggard and a Chris Christopherson show all in one because Christopherson would play me and Bobby McGee, and then all of a sudden Ben Haggard starts singing "Mama Tried," and then another Chris Christopherson classic, and then another Merle classic. That's and that's cool. pretty much what it was the entire time. Yeah, I, got, I unfortunately did not get to see that because I was at work. That was a Thursday. Couldn't it, get off work. It was so nasty that Robert Earl Keane was playing next, and I would have loved to have stayed for Robert Earl Keane, but it was rainy and the draft was coming on, so I was like, I'm just going to go back and watch the draft. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately it had to rain the first day, which if you've ever been to Merle Fest, it's all grass and Thousands of people walking on grass makes it really, really muddy. So the whole entire rest of the week was incredibly muddy. And yes. I got definitely got burnt while we were there. So oh, it was so bad. 
it was I've never been sunburnt like that in the mountains. I I basically lived in that area for four years and I've never had sunburnt like that from it was in the from being there. It was it was a good time. It was good to see music and musicians that I normally wouldn't have seen because I normally wouldn't have normally gone to see them. So it was good to see that. So Merle Fest was definitely it was definitely good. Um I think if I were to do it again, I don't think I'd buy the four day pass. No, I wouldn't um, either. Just an honest, I guess the honest review of it. It's it's good, but go one or two days. Don't yeah, it's good for you, a day unless event. you are really just a festival person and a huge bluegrass fan. Just go a couple of days and you'll get your fix. Yeah, pick pick the day they have an outlaw country guy and just spend a day there. It's an awesome experience. The yeah. food is cheap. The food is good. Um, the food I, is incredibly cheap. No alcohol, yeah, though. No alcohol, unfortunately, which is kind of nice, as we'll talk about when we get to the Skinner concert. Yeah. And even the Willie concert, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, well, yes, yeah, so I wish I would have had a beard in the hot Wilkesboro, North Carolina sun. Yeah, but it was fun. It was good. It was uh, an enjoyable time, but that moves us on. Did we see to, I guess, the next concert? Did we see anything else before Willie? I mean, I saw Turnpike, Turnpike, but I mentioned that. Oh, I also went and saw Anderson East. Anderson East. Yeah, that's right. Really good. Live. Travels with horns. (coughs) Sturgill. (coughs) Sturgill. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking, let's talk about Sturgill. Let's talk about Sturgill real quick. I enjoy Sturgill Live. I really do. But I would kind of enjoy it if he played. Like, he plays his stuff, but he just wants to. I feel like he just wants to jam out on the guitar. And I know he doesn't care about my opinion or anyone else's opinion. (laughs) But honestly, I wish he would play more. I wish he would travel with horns. I wish he would play more similar to the actual songs that he played. I wish he would play more of his older stuff. At least when he opened for Willie's, like it was like everything off of a sailor's guide to earth. And it was just, I'm just going to jam on a guitar for half the, half the whole set. It was, it was a great set, but yeah, it was pretty much, I'm going to sing a few lines of, uh, breakers war or whatever it would be. And then all of a sudden, I'm just going to jam out on the guitar and extend this song for 15 minutes. Like and it, it was, was like that for every single song. Yeah, it was really good, but at the same time, I'm just, it's like, I've seen it once, I've seen it twice now. I would enjoy it to see like an actual country show put on by Sturgill Simpson. Yes. Not him trying to be a rock star. Well... Yeah, he's, I guess. He, he's just going to do whatever he wants. I mean, he's going to do what he wants, and I guess I'm complaining about something I'll never get, like a new Jamie Johnson album. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the faith. Like the 2004 Red Sox, I'm keeping the faith. Well, I hope it doesn't take 98 years to get a, hey, a just, Jamie Johnson album. Just think about being... Imagine finding Willis Allen Ramsey for the first time in the 1970s and being a fan of his music, and it's 2018 and you still haven't gotten the second album. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like he died. He He's literally alive. And I was researching this album. And they said that whenever people would ask, when's the second album coming out? He would say, what's wrong with the first? <laughs> and apparently in 2018, they are working on this second album that has never been released. So I don't know. We may get the... Uh, the long-awaited Willis Allen Ramsey album sometime this year. <laughs> his, his sophomore album. 40 years, 50 years later. <laughs> yes. Tom Betty essentially had a career and died in the same time it took him for... <laughs> yes. Took him for the second album to come out. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well... That was just my complaint about Sturgill. And that's a very good complaint about a Sturgill live show. It's very good. Don't let that distract you from going to Sturgill yeah, show. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying don't go to a Sturgill show. Go to a Sturgill show because yeah. it's good. But but be, on, be aware that it's not going to be a country show. Yeah. Don't expect steel guitars. Don't expect fiddles. Don't expect even the horns. Don't it's expect be, anything from High Top. Yeah, maybe one song. Maybe one song. Don't it's, expect anything from High Top. Expect most of the stuff from Sailors, uh, Sailors Got to Earth. Yeah. And Turtles. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Try and get comfy. So, I but may, that may not of, have gotten... Um, that was part of a bigger day that started with a lot of drinking. Yeah. And then it's where, that's just where we need to leave it. Just leave it there. Yeah, I may or may not be the one that... We'll uh, just leave it there. Uh, we'll just leave it there. And yeah. we'll talk about what really happened that actually caused a lot of news through the country world. Um, and that was Willie Nelson, the no-show. Yeah, no sh- Well, he was a show. He made, he made a showing twice. Okay, so if you haven't heard this... And if you haven't heard this, then where have you been, honestly? We're not really breaking any news here. We're a month late. (laughs) We were there. We tweeted about it. Yeah. We weren't a month late, but we were tweeting about it. Um, We're just a month late to actually talk about it on the podcast. So, Willie came out twice. Threw the hat the second time, and then that was it? Nope. No Willie show. They waited until like 11 o'clock to tell us, hey, he's not coming out. And PNC has a, when that area has a noise ordinance that you can't play past 11. And the beers, the beer stand shut down at 1030. So they waited for after the beer stands to shut down. That they did. They knew damn well he wasn't about to play a show. Yeah. So apparently, I guess what comes out is he had the runs, essentially. And don't blame him for not wanting to shit his pants on stage. Yeah, I've been, like, uh, not necessarily on stage, but I've been there before. So, so, <laughs> so we were leaving this, and we all rode down together, and for the original concert, Nate was just, like, Nate was destroyed, essentially. And he was, he was, like, he was upset, he was pissed, he was, like, depressed all in one when we were sitting in the car. And it's, like, dude, He's coming to make up the show. He was just like, if he's just sick, it's fine. Like, well, 
what happened circa four o'clock that day contributed to that feeling. Um, but I will say that when he made up the show and did quite well, so I'm very happy with yeah. So how that turned out. Yeah, and then and. There was a lot of flack. And I want, I want to speak on that because there was a lot of flack that I saw on Twitter and whatnot. Talking about how Willie Nelson was essentially a terrible person and he treats his fans like crap and this, that. And Willie Nelson is necessarily not known for his no-shows like an a la Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. Um, so, he, he's not known for he's he, he loves doing what he's doing. He's said multiple times that he wants to die on stage. Like he's not if he can't perform, he can't he truly can't perform. And being it being the runs, that's one thing, but I'm I'm perfectly fine with him if he can't perform physically, don't come out there and perform. Because the last person that tried to do that that couldn't perform physically ended up dying. Not too long after, yep. Not too long after. So I was I was of the mindset I'd rather him play it safe. And we have him around on the surf for a few more years longer, however long he's going to live, instead of him trying to come out here and force something he can literally probably die on stage or die a couple of days later. Yeah. Can we talk about how dumb saying Willie Nelson hates his fans is? It was, you know, it's people that are caught up in the moment and thinking that it was Willie Nelson who decided, hey, I just don't want to play. Yeah. For some reason, people were like, oh, he just doesn't want to play or there was rumors going around talking about how they were playing uh, his music before, and if he just walked on stage and walked off, he wouldn't have to perform. That would like uh, live out, fill out the contract that he had with the uh, the uh, venue and whatnot. There was all these stupid rumors that you know were flying around when it really was he was just sick. And also, that specific lineup was kind of. Uh hurt from the start, like even before anyone set foot on stage because right. Brandy Carlisle and Elvis Costello could not make it. Yeah. And they didn't really give a reasoning. Like everybody found out the reasoning and they were, you know, good reasons. But the event organizers, I think it was Blackbird or Live Nation, whoever it was, it was that Black, was in it was charge Blackbird of that. Blackbird that did it. Live Nation has the venue, which um, they suck by the way. Yeah. We'll um, that later too. They didn't really communicate that with the fans. I didn't find out that neither one was playing until like right before the show. So, you know, it, I think a lot of people were frustrated that two big names were cut off the list yeah. before it even started. It was hurt before we even started. And, you know, I, su- I did see a lot of complaints. It's like, you talk about Outlaw and there was no Outlaw country ever played the whole thing the first time we were there because Willie didn't perform. and. There really wasn't any outlaw country played no. that whole that whole day. Because Sturgill played a rock set. <laughs> Sturgill truly played played a rock set. Like, yeah. I guess that was another one. I guess they kind of factored into it. It's like I really wish he would have played a lot of high top. Because if he started playing a lot of high top, that really would have fit in well with what yeah. was what was happening. But so that happened. Willie was sick. Willie canceled. Willie had a remake show. And the remake show went fine. Went off without a hitch. 
Um, who there was who performed? It was it was Jamie, Sarah Shook, Sarah Shook. Um, and and yeah, we don't need to get into Sarah Shook She's because awful. <laughs> we we That's have my take. Yeah, we have a differing opinion from every other country music blogger and podcaster and whoever and such about Sarah Shook. Her album's awful. It's, yes. Um, All right, I'm done. That's my review. Yeah. There's your album review for the episode because we're running out of time. We're probably, we were going to get to American Aquarium on this episode, but you'll have to tune in next week for that. So, I mean, we're at 53 minutes right now. Oh, we got to hurry. So Anyways. we'll just we'll just go through the rest of the uh, concerts and that stuff, and we'll give you American Aquarium next week. We we will deliver you an awesome album review for next week. Yeah. Uh, so we saw Jamie Johnson again. Played. Which, this was very, this was really interesting. Is if you've seen Jamie Johnson, you know he plays maybe four of his own songs. Jamie Johnson started. I know he played a very he played a short set because you know he didn't have as much time. He had it was it was an acoustic set. The whole thing was acoustic. He had a guy on a dobro. It was him, and then I think he had another person on an acoustic guitar as well. So it was literally just that. He played five straight songs of his own, which one he played "Merry Go Round," which was not expecting. <laughs> to hear that song. one I, I really do enjoy that song but it's one that I was not expecting him to play and I wasn't expecting him to play that many songs of his back to back to back no no one was to back to back and then he played Give It Away um, a few songs I've never heard before until Jamie played them and then like he, I think he played a Merle song a Waylon song. song yes and both obscure songs that I knew. I think I knew the Merle song that it was either I knew one of the two songs because I heard him play it before live in person, so I knew it because I heard him play it before. But I couldn't tell you the name of it, but I know the song. Um, and then one of them I didn't know because it's obviously an obscure. Nate was like. He was like, I'm going to play a Merle song. It's like, Nate's like, oh, I'll probably notice when I looked at him. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, you're not. not. Know it. <laughs> Nate, Nate's a big Merle fan. And he was like, nope, no clue. <laughs> yep, pretty it, much. It was, it was really funny. But really good acoustically. Like, that was a really cool set. It was. I wish it would have been, though. I wish we could have done, or that set could have been at a really small venue, like the Station Inn or something like that. Oh, my God, yes. And just have him play like an acoustic set. That would be really cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be an awesome sight. That would be a real intimate setting. and it, That would be really cool just to hear his opinion on things and how how much he enjoys country music and like his knowledge of country music and everything like that that would have been really cool to, that would be really cool yeah um you know tyler mayhem killer may have a ton of um country music knowledge but i think jamie johnson has him beat yeah <laughs> so uh anyways yeah avid brothers talented musician uh corny corny as hell, as hell. yeah quick concert review yeah that was oh 
<laughs> there was a lot of people that were fans of the Avett Brothers that were there for the concert. You could tell who was the Avett Brothers fan. Yeah. Because it was far more of an outlaw country set. So you could kind of see who was there for the outlaw country and who was there for the Avett Brothers. My 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 opinion of the Avett Brothers is mainstream hipster music. It's like hipster music for people that want to be hipster but don't want to be like actual hipsters. They yeah. want to like listen to be able to listen to the people that they like on the radio and go to big concerts and see them. Like it's the mainstream music for the wannabe hipster. Yeah, for people it's it's mainstream folk music for people that do not like Father John Misty. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good. <laughs> these are very good reviews of this concert. They were. I mean, it's a lot of it. It really was a lot of corny stuff. It, I felt it was really corny. Um, but good musicians, though. Very good musicians. But I really mean, corny. they're talented guys, and they can write some good songs. But as far as a live performance, they were very, very corny. Yeah, but. Hey. That's that album. That's that concert. It wasn't then, bad, though. No, it wasn't bad. And then Willie came up on stage, and Willie made up for it. I mean, obviously, he's older. And so, a lot of it, it wasn't really necessarily singing, but he was going through his songs. It's he like almost like he was saying a lot of his songs, but, I mean, it was, it was still good. It was still singing Willie Nelson. He had, yeah. I mean, it, kind of like Chris Christopherson. Seeing a legend, if you can absolutely go see a legend, go do it. Because even though the show may not be great, you're always going to kick yourself for the one time they were in Charlotte and you didn't go go. Yeah, and then they died. And then they die, like Merle Haggard. Yep. Um, so, let's get to our last one. Because we got a little bit left of the show. We don't want to get too long. There's we went to one more. so much to say about this one. We went to one more concert quite recently. Um, the day of this reporting of the podcast, it was literally a week and a day ago. Um, it was quite the shit show. Well, the end. Well, at one point, it was <laughs> quite the shit show. Um, I got there late. Because I had yard work and stuff. He he had... I missed two people that I'd never cared to see. I didn't, I knew 130... I got there at the end of 38 Special to hear the only 38 Special song I know. Yeah. And the only 38 Special song anyone knows. Yeah. And the only song that they ever made money off of. <laughs> you you missed the dude that uh, played Up Down because he wrote it. Said, oh, this song went number one on Country Chart, so I'm going to play it. Bro, you're opening for Hank Jr. and Leonard Skinner. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah, so apparently the guy that CJ Solar, Solar, yeah. whatever his name is, apparently he op- he was the opener for everybody, like the, ori- the first opener. And <laughs> so he played Up Down, apparently. I'm glad I missed it. I he no- ended the set on Up Down. Yeah, quite glad I was not there to see that because that song is awful. But yes. the best part about that song is the fact that the music video has the pic- has the bobber and they put it on upside down. 
They put the bobber on upside down, but they're, you know, country, right? Country it's, people know how to fish. Yeah. But uh, also in the ocean using bobber. Yeah, especially if you um, if, if you live in the south, you got to know how to put a bobber on your line. Everybody knows that. Um, it really is actually easy. You push down the thing and you put the bobber yeah, on. That's pretty much it. all you got. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, anyways, Hank Jr. was quite the experience. So, Hank Jr. was actually really, really good live. Really good. Yeah. It was a really good show. Um, I think one of the cooler parts when he's like kind of playing all the Hank stuff and like playing like different instruments and he plays the fiddle like a moron. <laughs> so I don't necessarily know if he was playing it because I feel like he was just putting the the bow across and just stringing the just as fast as he could. I don't think he was on tune or on beat or. He was Anything. just doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. He was doing that, yeah, exactly, whatever the hell he wanted to do. But a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the songs that he sang, were like he, like he sounded good, like that was good. But he just he says whatever the heck he wants. We've heard we heard multiple times of things that he said, and it's just you know the United Socialist States of America was one thing that he said. Can um. It's there's just <laughs> um what can I play the video edit that may or may not have some bad language in it? Play it. Okay. Uh let's excuse this jump cut while I find the video. Or not jump cutting. It was he. <laughs> he's a character. He is very much the character. He's a character, and he he was talking about Fox and Friends. Yeah, um, he talked about he a was lot talking of about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he did a lot. He talked about a lot. He, you know, he yeah, he <laughs> he said, "I play for whoever the hell I want to." Last year, I played for Chris Stapleton, and then this year, I'm playing in front of Leonard Ethan Skinner. <laughs> God, it was it was a unique show. It was an incredibly unique show. Yes. And then, just to top off the night, Leonard Skinner played. Um, well, the tribute band played, I guess. There was only one member of it, of the band, left. Um... So the tribute band played, and there was. If you've been to a Leonard Skinner concert, you know there are uh, the characters at a Leonard Skinner concert are very uh, different. They come out of the depths of the woods, unique. You would wonder where all of these people were because like, you never see these people like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> It's so true, though. So, so true. Um, so the night, throughout the night, went perfectly fine. And there was this, you know, this, this really bald, drunk guy that was in front of us. And, you know, halfway through Hank, the Hank set, he loses his shirt and he's got this giant beer gut. And he's, like, rubbing it and proud of his giant beer gut. Oh, well, I mean, he was absolutely sloshed. 
and this all happened. Let's just put the let's let's put this in the frame. Skinner songs tend to take a while because they play the guitar solos and whatnot. So what I'm about to what the story we're about to tell happened all within the span of that smell being played on by Skinner. So we're literally I'm the farthest one in from the outside of the row. So I'm the last one out of all of us on uh, the seats that we bought. And they are the person that I was just talking about is in front of me, but like two seats down. And I'm standing there. And next thing I know, I see just out of the corner of my eye, this fist <laughs> from the people next to us, from the people next to me, like the kid three seats down from me. Like I'm saying kid, he's like 18, he's probably 18 years old. 18, 19 years old, something like that. I just see this fist come flying through the air and hitting this guy in the face. And I turn, and then they're getting into this fight across rows. For like he's in the row in front, and we're in, I'm in the row that the other the kids in, and you know they're both throwing punches at him. And the kid is like, obviously he was sober. He was can't. I mean, legally can't drink, so I would assume he's a sober. I would assume he's sober. Um, I could tell they weren't drunk at all. They, they didn't. They seem may drunk. have had alcohol in them, but they weren't drunk. Yeah, they didn't seem drunk. So I was, I was, just, and I just turned. I was just watching this fight happening, and and my first thought is, there's a special place in hell for people that fight concerts. There's also a special place in hell for that person that was in front of us. Which, come to find out later, that he, he was a, a skinhead. Yeah, yeah, from I mean, the people that were on the other side of him on the same road, they were just listening to the things that he was saying, and I'm not going to repeat anything that I was told that he said. Absolutely not, because it was disgusting, and let's just put it this way: he deserved to get his ass kicked, and he got his ass kicked. If I would have known what he was saying, I would have kicked his ass without any reasoning. So we're. So that happens, and it gets it, he gets knocked down to the ground, and the the well, we think the fight's over. You know, we just figured it. There's he's just going to go back to he got his ass kicked, got knocked down. He's just going to take it and watch the rest of the concert because obviously there's no cops showing up. No. Um. So I go back to listen to this, trying to back going, trying to go back to listening and enjoying the concert after. A fight literally happened two seats down from me. And the guy gets up and he's like facing forward for a little bit, turns around and says something back to the kid again. You know, in some some fight and they get back into it. You know, and he gets put down on the ground again. Well, for the second time. He crossed. No, no, that's the third time. Let me tell the story. I was there. You were three seats down. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't realize there was a second part. This there was three separate fights between these kids. Oh my god! And this guy. Well, apparently, what started it all is obviously the stuff that he was saying in front of them. They could hear it. Um, Him spilling beer essentially over people. Like he spilled three full beers. That's how drunk he was. Mm. Um. Three full beers inside the venue which is like ten dollars fifteen fourteen dollars i think it was seven dollars is there 25 ounces and he spilt he spilt multiple beers he was falling backwards like 
you know, and when you're standing up, a lot of times you're like leaning on the seat in front of you. And he's falling back onto the kids. And the kids are like, dude, stop. Like, we're trying to watch the show. You know, they're being relatively polite about it. It's like they were taking, I mean, they were dealing with a lot of crap in the first place. And the kids are like, yeah, stop. We're trying to watch the show. And apparently he had he had something to say about that. He turned around and said something like he, along the lines of probably like, I'd kill you or something like that. Something that didn't need to be said, which he got in his face and said something threatening to them. And that started the first fight. He turned around. I said something again to him after the he got knocked down, got knocked down again. And then I was like, all right, we're done. Like, that had to be it. And the worst, the one of the best parts about this is the girl, the couple of the people that they he was with, the girl, like, I guess his wife or something like that, she was, like, trying to talk to the guys behind him saying, like, we don't need any trouble. Stop. Can you stop, please? They were, they were trying to, like, calm down the kids that were next to me and behind them. They were trying to, like, like that's the wrong person you need to be trying to hold back. Try hold back your drunk husband or whatever because he's just going to get his ass kicked even more. It's literally like that's the equivalent of pissing off a bull and then saying, oh, bull, don't run after me. Don't run after me anymore. I didn't do anything. Or don't run out after this person anymore. Like you're the one that pissed them off. (laughs) This is this is now your issue, you should be holding the person that pissed them off back instead of exactly. trying to stop the exactly. people that are and pissed you, off. Well, that's what how, guess, how normal people think. But, you know, that's not what happened. And what happened next is this guy, and granted, there was probably about five of those kids that were next to us all in a row. Um, and he decides, this guy decides that he's just going to get over, he's going to climb over the row and fight again. <laughs> and he grabs the other kid by the head and then it just went down from there. I was sitting, he climbs up and it happened literally right next to me. I saw him and I saw one punch and I said, I'm done and I'm walking. I walked down the road, I was up down the road into the uh, opening and I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to yeah. let them... I looked back though when I was walking out, all five were on him and just beating him on the oh, ground. Oh, it was bad. I was doing one of those. I'm walking away, but I'm going to watch every single second of this fight because it's kind of entertaining. Uh, but Live Nation, like some morons, they do not have walkie talkies on their work. This is this is why I said earlier in the podcast, Live Nation sucks because apparently Live- Nate went to go. I guess you went to go get the cops or whatever. Yeah, I was trying to get the police. I was like, whatever. I'm probably the only one here that's that knows how to talk to police. So I'm just going to go. I can get there quicker than my dad who was there. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to just get the police. And so I go to the Live Nation guy because I don't know where the hell to go. And he's like, you got to go to the exit. I'm like, what the hell? Why do I have to go to the exit? I want to watch the show. Can you not just get the police over here? And... Eventually, I'm just like, whatever, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to get the police. So, I go to the exit, and I'm just like, bad fight in our section. Probably some injuries. You need to get over there. <laughs> so, I brought them back, and the young kids scattered. They were gone. They were watching the show in the lawn somewhere, I'm sure. 
Uh, if, if not, they just if not they left. But they after that they all got out of there. They all left the row. So well, by the end of the night, we essentially had a whole row to ourselves at the at the Skinner. So that was kind of so no one in front of us either because all of those people got kicked out. Yep. Um, but yeah, that guy got up. That guy was he got. He we got, got to the end of the row. We got to the end of the row, and the guy, there was someone that happened to see the fight, and he's like, "Is he knocked out?" And I'm like, "He might be dead." <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I literally said there are probably some injuries. I don't know exactly what they are, but you need to get over there. <laughs> yeah. So Live Nation really needs to get their crowd together. At, at, at PNC, that's only that's the only thing we know. At PNC in Charlotte, they need to get their act together. There's no reason that they shouldn't. Have, they don't have walkie-talkies that they can't get the police there in time to either stop a fight or prevent something from happening. Because all fights do are take away from the people that are trying to enjoy the show. Yeah, and if you're if you're one of those people that like to get in fights or cause fights all the time or are like that that cause fights when you get drunk or anything like that, don't come to a music show. Yeah, I'm please, there to or, enjoy the music. I'm there or, to enjoy the band that I'm going to see. I'm paying money. I'm not paying money for you to fight in front of me. Yeah. Because yeah, all you're doing so, is ruining the show, and there's a special place in hell for people like that. Yeah. Stop coming to the shows, and if you come to the shows, don't drink. If you know you cause fights when you get drunk, don't drink. If you're going to come to the show. Because all you're doing is causing people to not enjoy their show. And obviously that's what they did with the kids behind them. The kids behind them couldn't enjoy the show because he kept falling back on them and spilling beer. And just control yourself. That's my big thing. If you're going to a concert, control yourself. Don't be a belligerent drunk. And if you do, sober up before you come into the venue. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. If you come in and you're like that and you're still drinking while you're in there and you're spilling beers and you're leaning back on people and causing people to get pissed off, you don't need to be there. See, for me, here's the thing. I mean, at the Willie show, we all had a little bit too much, especially me, but I was able to manage to get myself sober and not ruin the show for me and anyone else that was there. That's that's the thing. Just if you're going to, you can have fun. Nothing saying you can't have fun. Nothing saying you can't drink. And really nothing saying you can't be drunk. But don't ever get to the point, if you're going to a show, if you're so belligerent that you don't know if you're going to be able to make it through the show or you're going to fall on the people, just don't come in. Wait till you sober up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all I have to say about that. But it was a big fight. Nasty fight. It was a good show, though. The show was good. It, the show was good. Um, the Skinner Nation song they sing, corny as hell. Yeah, so corny. It is. But other than that, good, other than that, and the fight, good show. Because I mean, let's put it this way: the only song we really missed was that smell. That whole, all of that story happened within that one song. It did. I remember it very well. Because I remember he got taken out as soon as the song was ending. I'm like, that really only took that whole song? <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, it did take, it did, after that happened, 
and you're sitting right next to it. It does take a while to get back into, all right, well, it's time to back, get back into and enjoy the concert. It does. But, well, we'll be getting into American Aquarium next week because we don't have any time. This is already a long episode. So, guess thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with American Aquarium review. And we'll do a top five Southern rock bands. Absolutely. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, anything else? If you have any top fives that we need to do on the show, tweet them at us. Send an email to us. Our email is beyondthecutpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Twitter handle is beyondthecutpod, at the beyond at beyondthecutpod. Hit us in the DMs. Hit us in the DMs. Um, uh, Instagram is Beyond the Cut Podcast, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, that's about it. That is about it. Like the show. Rate the show on iTunes. Yeah. We'll be back next week with an album review. We'll try to be back next week. We'll try. We'll do our best to get back. Yeah. We'll do our best. But anyways, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.